Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. I'm Lucy, and I'm a compulsive over and under eater. Hi, you guys. It doesn't seem like we have any newcomers today, but if anybody's new and um, didn't raise your hand about that, welcome. You're the most important person in the room. Um, I want to share about unity. Today is Unity Day in OA. And this seems like a good week to celebrate unity. My understanding is we have OA meetings worldwide now. And um, so I hope nothing going on outside of OA will interfere with the unity of OA. So it seems really important today. And um, the other reason it's really important is because if OA didn't have unity, I don't know if I would be abstinent. And I'm so grateful that I am here and abstinent today. Um, I was inspired by a couple of readings in the Voices of Recovery, one of OA's conference-approved pieces of literature. Um, the first reading is from January 5th, and the quote at the beginning is, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity, and that's from Tradition 1. And the reading says, there are at least three factions of OA. One emphasizes a strict disciplined food plan. Another professes working the steps and allowing God to remove the food problem. A third group falls somewhere in between. I know OA members in all three groups who have recovery. What is the right way? What is the OA way? What is the message we are supposed to carry? The only message I can carry is my own recovery. I do not need to have everyone recover my way. You need the freedom to recover your way. The only thing we need to have in common about our recovery lies within the 12 steps and 12 traditions. We cannot legislate recovery. We cannot even accurately define recovery, but we recognize it when we see someone living it. Let us rejoice when we see fellow sufferers recovering in Overeaters Anonymous, thankful they have found their way. Let us be willing to try a different approach if our way is not working. Let's be open-minded and non-judgmental. The program is broad enough for all of us to do whatever is necessary. And yes, please. So the second reading that really inspired me this morning was, I put my hand in yours and together. That's from behind, Beyond Our Wildest Dreams, page 207. And the reading goes like this. I was alone and I knew it. I was and am an odd duck, intelligent yet lacking common sense and tact. I was angry at God. I felt cursed. I ate and ate and ate. That's so me. 
Then came the miracle of program. There are weaknesses there. My weaknesses were assets. They made me a member. Amazing. I felt understood for the first time. That was the beginning. With fellow compulsive eaters, I daily put down the food and walked the walk of recovery. I reached out my hand knowing that together we could do what we could never do alone. In the rooms of OA, I learned the lesson of the AA pioneers. There is a God or a higher power, if you will, and I am not it. In these rooms, I gradually experienced all the promises the big book describes. In these rooms, I am home. Today and every day, I am grateful to the God of my understanding that I was desperate enough to reach out and blessed enough to find the hand of OA reaching back. So um, I came into this program, I'm not even sure when, it was over 25 years ago and it was in Richmond, Virginia. I was in the mother program, AA, and a lot of my friends there were starting to go to OA. And I knew I fit in. As soon as somebody described to me what their compulsive eating was like, it was like, oh yeah, I come from a family of compulsive overeaters. My father was a Methodist minister and eating was part of the job and his family tagged along with him in the eating. And uh, when I came here, I was really angry with God. I was angry with the Methodist church. I was angry with my father and it all got clumped together. And it was really hard early on in 12 step to identify the spiritual part of the program and connect to it. And nobody said I was doing anything wrong. Nobody kicked me out. Nobody told me I had to believe in God as they believed in God. Nobody told me I had to believe in God at all. In fact, some of the early 12-step meetings I went to, people talked about their God of their misunderstanding and, you know, talked about God as a doorknob. So, uh, you know, it's so great that we can believe what we believe, we can think what we want to think. You know, it's suggested that we follow the steps and the traditions. And I think the traditions are really powerful. And I'm so grateful that tradition one is about unity, because I've been to some gnarly meetings where people were pushy and difficult. And if it weren't for the tradition of unity, I don't know if the program would still exist because there are a lot of people here who are like me, who are like the odd duck, who doesn't have a lot of tact. And uh, we can be prickly at times. And uh, so I, um, I started the program a long time ago. And after a few years, I identified other 12-step programs that would be useful to me, and I stopped going to OA. And then, I don't know, 14 years ago, it, it became obvious to me that in the time I had been outside of the rooms, I was putting weight back on every year, a few pounds, and I was getting really close to eating sugar again. I'm a major sugar addict. 
And uh, I knew that was trouble. And so various things happened and I fought coming back and I fought coming back and I fought coming back. I kept justifying not coming back by saying, oh, those people in OA, they're judgmental. But it was me who was judgmental of me. And it really took, it is really taking, let me put that in the present tense, accepting myself as I am and turning who I am over to a higher power that, um, that is making the biggest difference in my life now. Um, so I got abstinent when I first came to OA. And um, I came back to OA 11 years ago. I, in fact, it was 11 years ago last week that I got sober. I'm, I'm really into the AA today as well. But the, I got abstinent and I've been abstinent ever since. Abstinence for me is three meals a day and nothing in between. <clears throat> There are trigger foods I have in addition to sugar that I don't eat today. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I got diagnosed with prediabetes. There's a lot of diabetes on my father's side of the family. And um, I've lost a little weight since I uh, reduced the carbohydrates that I'm eating. Um, and my weight is the lowest it's been, I don't know, in decades. And, you know, it's not, I didn't come here to lower my weight. I came here to keep from gaining any more weight and to eat sanely and to try and be more sane. I really wanted to have meaning in my life. And sitting home at night, binging, just binging and binging and binging on fruit juice, sweetened cookies. They weren't, they didn't have sugar in them and crackers and popcorn. And I'm sorry if I'm saying foods that trigger people, I hope not. Um, you know, I just couldn't stop. And it hadn't been like that for me when I first came to OA. When I first came to OA, it was just sugar. But Boy, that period before I came back, I just, I was so demoralized. I worked at that point in a healthcare organization and I talked to people about weight and compulsive eating on a daily basis. And here I was at home at night, binging my brains out. 10 minutes left. Thank you. And, um, you know, I just was really demoralized. I felt like a hypocrite and I didn't feel like there was any meaning in my life. The only meaning were the fruit juice, sweetened cookies. So, uh, you know, I knew I needed to come back. And when I did, I asked a woman to sponsor me. She had on these beautiful feather earrings and she said something I liked in a meeting. I was desperate. I didn't care who it was. I just wanted someone to help me. And she, I was agnostic and she was agnostic. And we started reading the steps together and working them together. And 
you know, I had already been in 12-step programs for a few decades at that point, and I had an, a spiritual experience that I'd never had before that was really powerful. Today, I talk about God just because it's an easy shorthand way to refer to some enormous spiritual power that I don't understand. I don't get it. Some days I believe in God and some days I don't. And whatever God is, I don't get it. But I know it's there. And I know if I really work this program, stay grounded and centered in the recovery I have, that I can be more sane. I'm not sane, but I'm more sane. And I don't have to eat one day at a time. And by and large, the compulsion to eat is lifted. I have weeks or occasionally months where I am thinking about some food and wanting some food that I don't eat, but it isn't that often. And, you know, all I have to do is say the serenity prayer and get busy doing something meaningful in my life and it goes away. Um, and today I have a lot of meaningful things in my life. I still work part-time and that's meaningful. I'm going to give it up soon, but it's still really mean meaningful. I'm going to miss it in some ways. And I do lots of things. I do a bunch of service. I have sponsees. I still have a sponsor who I connect with regularly. And I do a 10th step even, every evening. It's pretty simple. It's just an A-E-I-O-U. And if you don't know what that, that is, just hang around. You'll probably hear about it. And, you know, doing all of this in recovery, just, it really brings a lot of meaning to my life. Even though some days I feel like, oh, I just can't do one more thing. Um, And, you know, the thing about unity is the way I've done my recovery and the way I do it now probably isn't the way you do it. There may be some, probably a bunch of commonalities, but we don't have to do it the same way. You don't have to believe the same things I believe about recovery. And that's okay. We don't have to. I've been in a lot of meetings over the years and have heard people say a lot of things. And, you know, we can all coexist together. And if it weren't for you guys, I don't think I would be abstinent today because a lot of what helps me is knowing that all of you are out there working towards being abstinent and maintaining a healthy body weight, too. And thank you. And if I didn't know that, I might feel deprived because I see other people eating this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, every now and then my heart feels a little like, oh, I wish I could be free and just do that. But I can't. If I eat sugar, I can't stop. And if I eat carbs in certain amounts, I can't stop. It, You know, they're just foods I can't eat. And... It's really bad for my health. You know, I know at this point that if I eat outside of my abstinence, I have diabetes right there in front of me, 
just waiting for me, just waiting. And I saw it in my grandmother and I saw it in my father and I saw it in aunts and uncles and I don't want to go down that path. And I want to be sane and I want to have a meaningful life. And there are just so many reasons to stay here. And, you know, today is Unity Day and the the tradition with Unity Day, <clears throat> excuse me, is that at 11.30 in the morning, all over the world, wherever you are, wherever it's, whenever it's 11.30, you stop and express within yourself or out loud your gratitude for the OA program. And there is an event that the Silicon Valley intergroup is putting on today from 11.20 to 12.20. And the links to go to that are in the, um, in the East Bay OA intergroup website. So if you want to go, that's the way to do it. There'll be three speakers talking about tradition one, which is the unity tradition. And what a good time to celebrate unity. So thank you all very much for being here and for inviting me to speak. That's it.